It is Tuesday, June 25th, and this is The Really. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time for another episode of The Really. And Scranton Wilkesbury, they hopped on a bus yesterday morning, drove about four hours up to Rochester, and began a quick two-day stay here in the Flower City. Last night, a game, today a game at 12.35, and then turn on their heels and head right back to Scranton to begin a three-game, two-day series against the Buffalo Bisons at home. Rochester won the opener, so the Rail Riders looking to split the series with a win today. Rochester scored twice in the bottom of the first inning off of starting pitcher Randall Delgado. An error helped extend the inning, and so Rochester, with the two unearned runs, had a 2-0 lead. In the second, however, Scranton Wilkesbury got an infield single legged out by Mike Talkman to begin the frame, and after a strikeout to Ryan McBroom, the next man up was Tyler Wade. Runner on at first base, the toss to Wade, lined it out towards left center field, and this has got some carry. We'll skip off the warning track, bounce off the top of the wall. Talkman being waved home by Doug Davis. Wade to second standing. Here comes the throw to the plate. It's offline. It skips past the catcher. Poppin will pick it up, and Wade takes third on the error. RBI double for Tyler Wade to third on the error, and the Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders have had the deficit with the tying run now at third base. Tyler Wade stood at third base with just one out, but a couple of strikeouts, and the Rail Riders could not produce that tying run from third. So Rochester led 2 1 in the top of the second, and it was still a 2 1 game going into the sixth inning. The starting pitchers were both pretty good. Sean Poppin, Harvard grad who just recently made his big league debut for the Minnesota Twins, went five and two-thirds innings with seven strikeouts. Randall Delgado, meanwhile, the two unearned runs in the first and hadn't given up a run since. So we check into the sixth inning with Sean Poppin still on the mound, and the inning began rather conventionally. A ground out, a strikeout, but then back-to-back infield singles. Well done by Ryan McBroom and Tyler Wade to hustle down the line. And the next man up was Trey Ambergy. He battled and battled to a full count and finally got a pitch he liked. 3-2, the runners go. The pitch is a swing and a well-struck ball left center field. Wade Jr. back at the track. He turns around. It's off the wall. McBroom scores. Wade turns third. He scores. It's a go-ahead two-run double for Trey Ambergy. With two outs in the top of the sixth, Scranton Wilkesbury has a 3-2 lead. With two outs in the top of the sixth inning, the Rail Riders had their first lead of the night, but it would be short-lived. In the bottom of the sixth inning, Willene Rosario, a home run off of Delgado, the only earned run he allowed on the night, and that tied the game at three. But the Rail Riders, they fought right back. In the top of the seventh inning, Eric Kratz began it with a single. Tyro Estrada followed with a single. And after that, up-stepped Mike Ford. The pitch to Mike Ford, swing, line drive, right field, base hit, down to the corner. Kratz eases his way home. Estrada's got the giddy up. He gets the stop sign at third. Ford's at second. It's a double. And the Rail Riders have jumped ahead with some action to begin the seventh inning. They lead it 4-3. Mike Talkman knocked a single to right field to play to run later as well. So two runs for the Rail Riders, and they led 5-3. But Rochester was great against the bullpen after Randall Delgado exited with three runs, one earned run on 100 pitches. Rex Brothers and Joe Harvey came in, and Rochester scored five earned runs on four hits and two walks off the pair. And that was enough to give Rochester an 8-5 lead going into the ninth. But the Rail Riders, they eventually brought the tying run to the plate in part 
thanks to the leadoff man in the inning, Eric Kratz. The 1-2, smash towards center field. On the way back, Lamont Wade Jr. This is deep, and it is gone. Eric Kratz with a solo blast, straightaway center, just on top of the 402 mark. No need to run for him. He'll do it himself. Make this an 8-6 game here in the top half of the ninth inning. His third of the year in just eight games with the Rail Riders, all three of them coming on the road, and he brought it back to a two-run game. So the Rail Riders were hoping to get a man aboard, and they did with a one-out walk to Mike Ford. And the next two men up had a chance to tie it with one swing. Clint Frazier, Mike Talkman, strikeout, lineout. And the ballgame ended in three hours and six minutes before a wonderful Monday night crowd in Rochester, 7,903 fans in attendance. D.J. Baxendale got the victory. He's 4-4. Four and four. Rex Brothers picks up the loss for the Rail Riders. He drops to 0-3. Ian Kroll picked up his second save overall this season, but his first is a member of the Rochester Red Wings. Rochester did it on eight runs, ten hits, one error, five left on base. Scranton Wilkesbury, six runs, twelve hits, one error, seven men left aboard. With the loss, the Rail Riders dropped to 44 and 30 this season, and with a win by the Buffalo Bisons over Pawtucket, the lead in the IL North Division for Scranton Wilkesbury is at five and a half games entering today. Before yesterday's game, we had a chance to sit down and chat with Jay Bell. Adam Marco sat with the skipper for Scranton Wilkesbury. Third time this year that we've had Jay on the broadcast. We had him opening day. We had him at the quarter mark of the season. And we've just passed the midway point with yesterday being game 74 out of 140 for Scranton Wilkesbury. So we wanted to know what Jay's thoughts were on how the first half of the season has gone. There's no doubt that the reason that we are in the position that we are in is because we've uh, done so well offensively. Um, the first uh, month and a half of the season, the offense picked us up whenever we struggled a little bit uh, um, from a pitching standpoint. Although there were signs that, that uh, it was starting to turn around a little bit. And uh, since about the six or seven week point, uh, the pitchers have done an extraordinary job. And, uh, and we have clicked on all cylinders. Uh, the, the hitting has continued to, to be very good. Uh, the pitching has gotten tons better. Uh, they've stopped walking guys. They've uh, pitched to contact uh, to a great extent. Um, they have uh, been uh, very uh, um, trustworthy coming out of the pen, uh, as well as the starters. The starters have been fantastic, too. And uh, but the uh, the and the defense has been extraordinarily uh, steady all year long. I don't know what our our um, um, defensive stats are, but I know that we have to be one, two, or three right up in there and uh, best fielding percentage in the league. And so you know a lot of that. Uh, listen, uh, um, they have a um, a ton of pride in in uh, in what we have uh, accomplished over the last four or five years in this organization and uh, it's it's almost expected anymore and the guys come out they prepare themselves well they expect to win every single night and uh, uh, it has been fun how they've picked one another up at triple a managing this club for the first time you've seen a lot of these players over the last couple of years so names and numbers may not necessarily be as much of a surprise to you but what's something that you weren't necessarily anticipating as this season started to where we are now. Probably the biggest surprise for me is that we haven't had any letdowns. Uh, even whenever we've changed our changed our roster uh, dramatically, 
the guys have come in. They've been welcomed uh, well by the guys that have that have been here, and uh, um, guys have just they've stepped right up and they've they've uh, done a really good job. They fit right in. They've they've uh, uh, they've uh, continued to be a team throughout the course of the season, and uh, that has a lot to do with with Tommy. Uh, and with Phil, specifically those two guys, because they they work with them so much and um, um, and they they push the agenda. Um, but you know, shoot, Julio's done a great job, and so has Doug. And and uh, it's been fun to watch these guys just kind of pull for one another, play for one another, and and uh, um, it's just been a it's been a fun uh, it's been a fun uh, team atmosphere around here. Finally, for you, just a couple of weeks back, your son was drafted by the Boston Red Sox and is headed down to Florida. What does it mean to you as a father, as a baseball player, to have that dream come to fruition for your child, for your son, to be able to play professional ball? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really been kind of a neat thing for me uh, to have two boys that are playing uh, professional baseball now. Brantley's, Brantley's in Chattanooga and has had a really nice season this year and, and – uh, um, when I, he got drafted, it was almost uh, I almost saw it coming. Uh, with Brock, I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I, he a year ago or about 16 months ago, he had Tommy John surgery. wasn't sure how he was going to come back from it. He worked really hard uh, to uh, um, to come back healthy and uh, really stood out in the in the. Uh, um, from the midpoint of, the, of his uh, junior college season to the end, and uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of people saw him and liked him, and uh, the Red Sox uh, wanted to take a chance on him, and and uh, uh, Tom Kochman, who uh, has, has seen him a lot over the last three years, liked what he saw. Uh, he's down there uh, playing their first game in the GCL is is today, and uh, he had an opportunity to. Uh, um, to uh, play for Tom, and uh, you know, so I'm I'm excited about what what's happening. He's got, uh, I think he's, his uh, first start is going to be next week, and uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, um, seeing seeing him as a, a, on the pitching mounds. I'm I, I'm used to the position players, but to have a son that's uh, on the pitching mound that's pretty special too. So I'm I'm excited to see what he ends up being. I, I'm uh, I'm anticipating good things. Adam and I do a lot of scoreboard watching within the. Yankees organization and internationally, do you do a lot of box score examination? As soon as the game's over, uh, I watch. I come in to check to see what Brantley did that particular night. The nice thing about the Southern League, uh, I get to see a lot of his games uh, on uh, uh, on MILB. Um, the problem with that is in Chattanooga, they don't show every game. They just show a, a couple of games a year. So I have to wait till he's on the road to see some of the game, some of his at bats. But yeah, now that uh, as a matter of fact, today was the first day that I checked on on a uh, a team from the the uh, uh, the Boston Red Sox organization. It was that is something I never thought that I'd say, but uh, yet uh, you know I I have to uh, I have to. Even though I'm with the Yankees, I have to pull for uh, for the Red Sox uh, to a certain degree. Big thanks to Jay Bell for being our pregame guest, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. We've got first pitch coming up from Frontier Field in Rochester at 12.35. Pregame coverage with Adam Marco and me begins at 12.05 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter 
at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening. And with the 12.05 pregame show, we will talk to you early this afternoon.